Welcome to you wherever you are at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Before we jump into our teaching for today, I do want to mention this wonderful resource called the U version, absolutely free, all kinds of resources, and you can find under events a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. Also, when you're in your favorite podcast player, if you'd search for Arlington FM Church, there you will find all of our teaching content. Well, to jump into a brand new series today, I want to ask you a question. Can you recall a time when you laughed so hard that you couldn't stop laughing? You know, maybe you were with a good friend and something struck your funny bone. Uh, I recall a time when uh, I got together for breakfast with an old friend of mine. We hadn't seen each other for a while. In fact, he was going through a difficult time, just been diagnosed with colon cancer and was beginning his treatment. I was going through a difficult time in the organization that I worked for, and so we met for breakfast, had a great time catching up, and uh, before we left, I told him, you know, I have to drop by the hardware store. So he said, hey, I need a few things, I'll go with you. And uh, on the way, I told him uh, we'd seen a rat in our garage, and so I was shopping for some way to uh, deal with our rat problem. And as we got in the hardware store and found the aisle that had the... Uh, the rat abatement uh, resources. We were kind of looking through what was new in the uh, dealing with rats department, and we found one that that really did strike our funny bone. It uh, it lured the rats into a tunnel of doom, and once they got in there, it jolted them with an electric shock, and uh, that was like their humane form of execution. And uh, the thing that really struck us funny is it said, uh, along with, you know, uh, jolting the rat, it sends you a text notification when you've got one. <laughs> and so whatever you're doing, you could uh, drop uh, your tasks and go deal with your rat that you had recently uh, lured into the electronic tunnel of doom. Well, we started laughing about that. And uh, it, it, no matter how we tried to uh, stop the laughter, every time we looked at each other and mentioned something about the electronic rat trap, uh, the laughter would begin all over again. And, uh, you know, uh, if you can recall those times uh, when, as I said, you laughed so hard you couldn't stop, you found that it, it wasn't just, you know, a, a light uh, laugh from the face. It was like a whole body experience. Well, it turns out uh, people who study uh, what goes on in our bodies when we laugh from the gut, it is a whole body experience. In fact, some of the things that take place in this amazing machine that God has created for us to live in uh, on this earth. Uh, there's a whole sequence of events that happens when we laugh really, really hard. Uh, first of all, uh, cortisol, which is known as the stress hormone, uh, is replaced in our bloodstream uh, by a different hormone called dopamine. And uh, dopamine stimulates learning, attention, and motivation. And so the first thing that takes place, you become more alert, more dialed in. And then uh, the next thing uh, that happens is oxytocin, which is known as the empathy hormone or the bonding chemical, is also released into our bloodstream. Uh, you feel closer to people. And when you have a good belly laugh, you're not only more alert, you feel closer and more connected with the people that you're with. Uh, endorphins begin to flow uh, through us. Uh, these are the feel-good chemicals. So in other words, uh, you're enjoying life in those moments when you're having a good 
belly laugh, and uh, with release from the stress hormones, your nervous system starts to relax. In fact, uh, it actually discharges tension uh, throughout your body, and that's a good thing. And then uh, inflammation levels uh, begin to decrease. We know that uh, inflammation is kind of the seedbed for all kinds of illnesses and uh, cancers. And then uh, finally, uh, we're told by people who study what happens when we're enjoying a good wholehearted laugh is your immune system is boosted, your blood pressure is lowered, and your muscles relax. Well, I would ask you, uh, who couldn't use a good dose of those kinds of uh, things uh, every day of the week? And, uh, you know, the writers of the Bible didn't study the the body as we do with science today, but they knew the same reality. In fact, thousands of years ago, this proverb was stated, says a cheerful heart is good medicine. A cheerful heart is good medicine. So uh, in this series, we're calling it Laugh More, Stress Less. Uh, We want to look at what the Bible has to say and what Jesus taught about a cheerful heart about laughing more and stressing less over the things uh, in our lives. And uh, here's a a disclosure I want to put right out there. We're going to do nothing in this series that is fake, frivolous, or fanatical. And uh, if you know anything about different movements in the church, you know, uh, one of the things that took place several years ago was this uh, rage of what they called holy laughter. And uh, it was one of the, quote, signs that you were being filled by the Spirit of God. Well, it may be, but uh, we're not going to go there. We're not going to put any kind of uh, categorical uh, thing that uh, needs to take place to demonstrate our spirituality. In fact, uh, we're not going to put a smiley face over difficult circumstance, over people that are going through hard times. We're not going to say grin and bear it. In fact, uh, Another proverb that really speaks to this uh, glossing over the difficult things in life uh, says this, singing light songs to the heavy-hearted is like pouring salt on people's wounds. Uh, Singing uh, light-hearted songs to people who are going through very difficult times, it it doesn't help. In fact, it actually adds to their difficulty. Think of Job and his friends telling him to buck up. (laughs) It didn't really uh, help his situation. Uh, But uh, in fact, one of the texts we're going to look at in the ensuing weeks comes from uh, the brother of Jesus. He wrote the letter of James in chapter 4. He says these kind of sobering words, you should change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Well, that hardly speaks of laughing more and stressing less. Uh, But uh, James says, uh, look, uh, it's time to quit pretending that life isn't difficult. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And so uh, James is a realist, and he's saying one of the ways to get healthy is to be real about what we're going through. So uh, in this series called Laugh More, Stress Less, what are we after? What are we pursuing? Well, it's valuable to look at uh, the rest of Proverbs 17, verse 22. Uh, We read the words, a cheerful heart is good medicine, uh, but a crushed spirit drives up the bones. And uh, so uh, the wisdom of Solomon is teaching us that a cheerful heart is not only healthy and good for you, uh, but if you don't have it, 
You're literally dying from the inside out. That when we lose a good sense of humor, we lose one of the things that God uses to bring health to our bodies. You know, it's uh, helpful to look at some of the other translations of Proverbs 17, 22. Uh, one uh, translation says, happiness is good medicine, but sorrow is a disease. And we know that to be true, that uh, when we carry sorrow of heart for any length of time, it actually works against our physical health. Another translation says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. You know, they've taken uh, images of people's brains who've uh, wrestled with depression for years, and they actually look dramatically different than a brain that's thinking more positively. Uh, here's another translation, being cheerful keeps you healthy. It is slow death to be gloomy all of the time. And then finally, this one, a happy heart is indeed good medicine, and a joyful mind causes healing. Well, we're going to look in this series uh, at how Jesus wants to tend to our hearts and our minds to bring them to a place where laughter comes more easily and we release more of his health and cheerfulness uh, into our experience. You know, uh, Jesus, when he tried to explain why it is that he came, what he came to help us with, uh, here are the words straight from the mouth of our Lord. He quotes Isaiah chapter 61. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because God the Lord has anointed me or empowered me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners. Those sound like good things. To proclaim the year of God's favor and the day of vengeance for our God on our enemies, on the things that sap the life out of us, to comfort those who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. And then uh, these wonderful words, to bestow on them, on, to bestow on you, to bestow on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes. In other words, there'll be uh, good things taking place instead of a gradual wearing away, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Well, that doesn't sound helpful to anyone, a spirit of despair. In fact, uh, the Amplified Version uh, says the garments of praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit that uh, people who experience this enlivening work of Jesus would be called oaks of righteousness. They would be lofty and strong and magnificent. They would be distinguished for their uprightness, for their sense of justice and their right standing with God. And uh, they would be called the planting of the Lord so that he might be glorified. Uh, in other words, uh, when God, through Christ, does this uh, rebuilding, this restorative work in our hearts that changes our brokenness for health, our despair for joy, and uh, replaces the spirit of heaviness with the garments of praise. Uh, God gets the credit for the good thing that he's doing in us. Uh, someone once said, every step towards health is an act of love uh, towards ourselves, towards others, 
and towards the God who created us. And that certainly is borne out in Scripture. You know, I would happen to believe that in this season of life in our world, of our current culture, where the church is at, that few things are more important and significant than allowing God to work this kind of health in our hearts that brings happy thoughts and joy into our lives and laughter into our mouths. Think of the testimony that rings out when people go through difficult things, yet they have this buoyant spirit because of the the joy and the wholeness that God is working in our hearts. You know, I think most people today, even followers of Jesus Christ, and and think about the, the grandiose truths that we believe if we believe that God became human, became flesh and blood and lived among us, removed every barrier between us and our infinite creator, uh, the things that followers of Jesus believe is that they're going to live forever with God. They believe that they've become a new creation in Christ. They believe that these present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that awaits us. We believe that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ. And we know that God is causing all things together to work together for good. It's interesting that people who believe those phenomenal things still live life with a spirit of heaviness, burdened, downcast, no song on their lips, and no laughter in their mouths. And uh, I think, you know, sometimes... It's just a matter of watching too much evening news. We consume uh, too, too much of a steady diet of the things that are going wrong in our world. We spend uh, too much time fretting and worrying and not enough time praying and talking to God about the things that concern us. And uh, those things tend to squeeze the joy and the laughter out of life. Well, this series is about helping reverse that trend and regaining that natural sense of of levity and laughter and overcoming joy that God created us to experience. You know, there was an international study done recently, and uh, it was, when is it that people start laughing less in life? And uh, if you do a little Google search, do children laugh more than adults? You'll be amazed at the... uh, the, the quantity of laughter that happens naturally in children uh, but it get, begins to dissipate as we age. In fact, uh, they said at the age of 23, there's a dramatic drop-off in the amount of laughter that people experience. And one of their observations was that uh, we grow up, we enter the workforce, maybe we enter marriage, and suddenly become serious and important people, and we trade laughter for our ties and our pantsuits. And, uh, you know, someone made this uh, comment. I think it's worth mentioning. We don't stop laughing because we grow old. The truth is we grow old because we stop laughing. And that would be borne out in the proverb. You know, that when, uh, when we have a heavy spirit, it drives up our bones. Uh, I had a good friend named Jerry Cook. He wrote a book. It was called A Few Things I've Learned Since I Knew It All, and just that title helps me live a little little more sanely. Uh, But Jerry, uh, he suffered a a major heart attack in his mid-40s, and uh, as he recovered from that and began to think through his life up to that point, 
he identified one of the things he had fallen into, and he calls it the busy, important, serious syndrome. And uh, again, it has to do with that uh, letting go of the things that make us laugh and, and spending more time fretting and worrying about the things that bring us down. And in the busy, important, serious syndrome, you know, we fill our lives, fill the margins. We become too busy to stop and uh, play with a child or visit with a friend or a neighbor. And uh, everything that we put our hands to becomes of primary importance. And my gosh, if these things aren't in order and aren't well controlled, well, it's going to have cataclysmic effects. The busy, important, the serious syndrome. And uh, unfortunately, we begin to lose that natural sense of humor that God it created us to experience that actually replenishes our sense of well-being. Well, after his heart attack, Jerry began to get his priorities more right. In fact, one of his core values is, I won't live a day without love and laughter. And uh, I sure experienced that as I uh, developed my friendship with him, as uh, I learned from his own personal commitment uh, to prioritize experiencing love and laughing wholeheartedly every day of his life. Well, in this series, we're going to explore uh, what lends itself to that and some of the things, as we mentioned, that squeeze out uh, the natural laughter that God created us to experience. And uh, here's just a few of the, the, um, the, the laughter inhibitors that we'll look at. Uh, when I'm quick to anger and slow to forgive, it makes it hard to laugh freely and openly. Uh, when I worry and obsess over many things, but I pray over few things, it makes it hard to laugh wholeheartedly. Uh, when I overconsume the daily news and I underconsume God's truth, it makes it hard to laugh openly and freely. Well, I believe God wants to liberate us uh, from the things that weigh us down. And uh, you have to believe that God is good and his perfect will is pleasing, and it is indeed uh, liberating and uh, joy-producing in our hearts. I want to end by looking at a psalm that speaks about the laughter God wants to uh, infuse within our experience. It's psalm 126 uh, it speaks to a people who've been pulled away from God's best in their lives. In fact, if you read the backstory of Psalm 126, people of Israel were in exile in Babylon, they were being taunted by their enemies. In fact, there's one psalm that says, uh, go ahead, uh, get your instruments, get your harps, and sing us some of your joyful songs of Zion. And the response of God's people who were in exile said, not going to happen. In fact, what we really want to do is dash the heads of your babies against the rocks. Uh, they were that forlorn. And uh, God speaks to those people. Here's what he says, Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we became like people who dreamed again. In other words, uh, things changed dramatically for us. So we began to have hope for our future. And they said our mouths were then filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. You know, when our, when our future begins to look more hopeful, as uh, Paul would write, uh, Hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been cast abroad in our hearts. It changes our experience of our present. And uh, the psalmist says our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues 
with songs of joy. And then uh, look at this uh, outcome. Then it was said among the nations, among the unbelieving nations of the world, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy and laughter. See, in this psalm, uh, laughter is associated with hope, and laughter is associated with freedom. That is why the Apostle Paul would write uh, decades later, centuries later, uh, after Christ had come, died for our sins, risen from the dead, poured his grace upon us, uh, Paul would say this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And as we saw from the psalm, of freedom awakens hope, hope awakens gladness, gladness fills our mouths with sounds of laughter. And so Paul says, stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Uh, well, as I lead us in a prayer, a couple of questions I would ask you to consider. Uh, number one, could I honor God and glorify him more if I had a better sense of humor? Ponder that one for a moment. Could I honor God and glorify him more if I had a better sense of humor? Here's the second question. Would I be a better witness for Christ if I laughed more freely? Would I be a better witness for the salvation that Jesus said he came to bring, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Uh, could I honor that one more if I laughed more freely? And, and then this question begins to bring it home even more. Uh, why don't I laugh more? What is keeping me from experiencing the grace-filled life of God more joyfully? Why don't I naturally, could be the pain that we've gone through, could be the wounds that need to be tended to, could be the bondage that has found its way into our lives, could be a lack of forgiveness. I believe that the, the Spirit of God that is upon Jesus to bring healing and freedom from those things is here with us. Uh, share this prayer with me. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your intention uh, for me there. Your purposes are good. Your plan is good. Your desire, Lord, is to bring health and healing from the very inside of who we are. Uh, Lord, as we uh, dip into this series on uh, laughing more and stressing less, may we catch your heart uh, for how we can uh, walk through this difficult and challenging world, uh, how we can get on a, a trajectory of experiencing peace that passes understanding, the joy of the Lord that becomes our strength, Lord, thank you for your word that says when you brought back the captives uh, to Zion, we became like people who dreamed again, and then our mouths were filled with laughter. Uh, Lord, work that kind of freedom, healing, health, and wholeness in us as we open your word, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.